There we go. <coughs> All right. Welcome to uh, workbook lesson 135 in School for Course in Miracles. So today's lesson is if I defend myself, I'm attacked. This is a this is covers a lot of ground. It's a long one too. <laughs> I forgot how long this one was, but boy, there's a lot of good stuff in it. I thought what might be might might be good is to um, actually start with a little meditation. And one of my favorite uh, uh, phrases in the, in the course, I had a lot of those actually, is um, in paragraph 18. So uh, if you like, how about uh, sit back, close your eyes if you feel like it, and uh, I'll uh, read that paragraph. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good. Perhaps you've misunderstood his plan, for he would never offer pain to you. But your defenses did not let you see his loving blessing shine in every step you ever took. While you made plans for death, he led you gently to eternal life. Gently return. We'll read that one again. I just thought <laughs> that's a nice, nice place to uh, remember that you know, it's, it's all part of the uh, the undoing plan, and we don't need to sweat it. <laughs> basically, <laughs> so I, I noticed there's a lot of a lot of the uh, references to defense and attack and uh, uh, threat. I, I have a tendency now. Uh, Thank you, Tim, for going through and kind of picking out some of the predominant words and, and then looking through uh, to see how many words there are that appear in the course. Um, like defend, there was like 32 references, but but attack, 225. <laughs> this is this is using the Miracle Distribution Center's um, account. And uh, protect was 125. There's stuff that we think we need to protect. Uh, and control. 36, <laughs> uh, and then plan 99, big on planning, uh, and threat 61. So anyway, just a few of the words that seem to be emphasized in this one. Um, so I'm, I'm going to scooch out of the way, and, and uh, I, I still tell him I like the uh, the graphic of the, the you know the karate martial arts kind of thing that he sent the email, and uh, that's certainly one aspect of the defense. Uh, mechanisms that you know, we try to employ as, as little seemingly separate selves. I was also thinking um, a few years ago, uh, I, uh, I'm really grateful to the inventor of the airbag, <laughs> which is a defense against, uh, um, well, in this case, my Honda Accord became an accordion in about one or two seconds. <laughs> and so I'm really grateful to the inventor of the airbag. So, so this is another example of just about everything in the whole course is, uh, you know, uh, it could be used to foster level confusion to, uh, or to undo it. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with using defenses on the level of form. I think, it, as always, the course is always and only about the mind and particularly focused on uh, the decision-making faculty in the mind. And if that's where we're reading it from, it's, it makes a lot more sense. And uh, rather than trying to apply it on the level of form. So, um, anyway, so the the, the, uh, the graphic behind me, if anybody remembers what OSHA, the Occupational Safety and, uh, Safety and Health Act, so I think it's what it stands for, anyway, came out, there was, uh, uh, the, I remember this cartoon that, that um, arrived not too, too much later than that, it shows the uh, cowboy after OSHA, and uh, uh, he, he's got a, a net that is, goes all the way around the horse, <laughs> Just so he doesn't fall off. Plus, he's got a, an emergency rope and, and uh, 
uh, a roll bar. And I mean, just there's all kinds of stuff on it. They, if, I'll, I'll send you the graphic if you're interested. But uh, I mean, it's just kind of a comical thing. Of, you know, to, we can laugh at that, but it's, it's sort of an, ex, an example and probably not nearly as exaggerated as the stuff that we do in the course of a typical day to, pr to try to protect ourselves and defend ourselves against the stuff in the world that we think is going to mess us up. Um, but um, <laughs> you know, if you think about all the things that we do from sun, sunrise to sunset and, and beyond um, in the course of a day, there's a lot of things that, you know, if we just watch our minds that we do that are defending against, well, what if this happens or what if this doesn't happen? And I was thinking about the, the wheel of misfortune. It's all, all those little uh, icons of, of the aspects of things that, that seem to come at us from the world. And all the, the strategies that our egos have to defend against, well, what if this happens and what if this doesn't happen in each of those departments and then subcategories and subdepartments and subcategories. And, and uh, you know, if you were to have a, a court reporter taking notes of all the, the mental defenses, you know, it'd be <laughs> this giant scroll flowing out the floor and out the door and, you know, around the planet a few times, you know. But, uh, the Holy Spirit just says, you just look at it. You don't, have to, you don't stop doing that. Just just look at it and not condemn yourself when you, you see that stuff happening, and just just notice how silly it is. It's kind of kind of like this silly horse after Osha, you know, the cowboy after Osha. And I like the uh, I like the EPA emissions control. <laughs> uh, and on a technical point, if if you have it on gallery view, if you put if you know how to do this, click it onto speaker view, and then you can see that diagram much yeah, much better exactly. clear yeah. Bruce before you go on uh -huh. um, if you don't mind my um, interrupting um, oh, it's, it's see, uh, paragraph 18 here um, <clears throat> I've always taken that to mean oh okay in, in other words what, what could you not accept if you but knew um, everything that happens all events etc etc I've always taken that to mean if we um, basically are asking the Holy Spirit for help because on the level of form, um, it doesn't seem to always pan out that way. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, yeah. I mean, the ego's interpretation of everything is, you know, basically everything is, is uh, you know, <laughs> some, some opportunity for a grievance or, or for uh, disappointment or upset, you know, because we, we think that everything in the world that happens um, you know, is not exactly to our liking as, as separate selves. You know, there's always something that's a little bit off or a little bit amiss. E even on, you know, a, a so-called perfect day. I was thinking in the uh, Groundhog Day when, when uh, you know, he talks about, you know, this was a perfect day. I was lying on the beach and sipping margaritas. He says, that was a pretty good day or something. <laughs> and yet even, even on that day, you know, if we're honest ourselves, all the, all the things that we think have to go right um, it's never, there's always this sort of uneasy uh, quality to, to that. And I think that's because we know that the world is never really, truly going to work. Even, even when things seem to go right for a while, there's always this, you know, a fly in the ointment or, or you know, the sort of Damocles or, or some, something, you know, the other shoe's going to drop or something. Um, so I, looking at that without condemnation, realize, well, that's the way the ego set it up in order to make sure that we were never completely at peace, um, we need to look at the defenses and, and see how silly they are. Not that we stop doing it on a level of form, but just just not make a big deal about it and not invest our identity in it. Seems like that's that's the key. Um, yeah, okay. Pass before we read it. Does that, does that help? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does. <clears throat> it, okay. um, uh, it, it's easy to get into a level, level confusion Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very easy. And all the, yeah, that last line, while you make plans for death, it was like, no, I wasn't making a plan for death. I was just, I was just had EPA control on my emission system. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, but ultimately it was, it was waiting for the other shoe to drop and maybe I could die in this situation. So this will keep death away for a little while. Right, right. So I, I wasn't like, consciously making a plan to die I was still dealing with death is real making a plan to not die right it's, it was still about 
making a plan for death. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, right. Exactly. And, and, and sooner or later, either the horse is going to die or the cowboy is going to die <laughs> as bodies. And so they need that basket to, 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 to catch. But, you know, but that's, that's the silliness. I mean, I, I, I like to think of sometimes life as like a Monty Python movie we, we forgot to laugh about, you know. It's, 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 it is pretty ridiculous. So how about, how about if we, since there's a lot in this, why don't, why don't we take turns reading a paragraph each and uh, um, I'll, I'll start and uh, then we can just, you know, talk about it and see if we can get through it because there's, there's a lot of good stuff in this, this lesson. So, 135, if I defend myself, I'm attacked. Who would defend himself unless he thought he were attacked, that the attack were real, that his own defense could save himself? And herein lies the folly of defense. It gives illusions full reality and then attempts to handle them as real. It adds illusions to illusions, thus making correction doubly difficult. And it is this you do when you attempt to plan the future, activate the past, or organize, organize the present as you wish. Again, right off the bat, <laughs> so many opportunities for level confusion, but it's, it's, it's talking about, do I want to identify with the dream, the dream hero, <laughs> the action figure, the puppet, the, the uh, uh, you know, the, the marionette that uh, is up on the screen, um, mixing a lot of metaphors there. Uh, uh, or do I want to identify with the decision maker that's watching all this? And I think that's the important part. I was thinking about the, those first three uh, qualifications and um, one, you, you think you think you're attacked. I mean, if you don't think you're attacked, even though you might be being attacked, you won't respond accordingly. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you pull the rug on that one, it kind of pulls the rug on, on your whole need to defend. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to believe the attack were real. So like if you're having a lucid dream and you know it's a dream, you know the attack isn't real. So you wouldn't react then either. Right. So that would pull the rug on every. And then the last one, um, that your own defense, you're putting it up to save yourself, hopefully. I mean, that's the idea. Say, so, I mean, obviously, I pull the rug on that one. If, if I don't pull, I was thinking of animals, you know, in, in especially when you see scenes of animals that get hit by a predator and they just lay there. They know they can't win. So they, they just kind of give it up. I mean, they're, they know their defense is not going to save them. So they just kind of relax into being eaten. I mean, it's an amazing thing to watch. But any, all those three ingredients are necessary in order for me to defend myself in any given moment or believe I have to. Mm -hmm. And pull the rug on any, any of those and the defense just, is, just goes out the window. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all predicated on the idea that, you know, this is our real identity in this world is uh, something that we need to defend ourselves from, forgetting that we made it up as an attack on God. <laughs> and, and you know that, that whole premise is never never questioned or very rarely questioned. That we wouldn't feel the need for defense if we didn't believe that there was some kind of retaliatory, you know, yeah. outcome lurking in the background. Yeah. Anyone want to read the second one? I got it. You operate from the belief you must protect yourself from what is happening because it must contain what threatens you. A sense of threat is an acknowledgement of an inherent weakness, a belief that there is danger which has the power to call on you to make appropriate defense. The world is based on this insane belief and all its structures, all its thoughts and doubts, penalties and heavy armaments, its legal definitions and its codes, its ethics and its leaders and its gods, Whew. all serve but to preserve its sense of threat. For no one walks around the world in armature, but must have terror striking at his heart. Hmm. Well, each, each one of those uh, examples could be a whole... <laughs> <laughs> Digression in itself that you know can 
serve to reinforce. The, 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 arm, the suit of armor comes to mind. I, I, every time I think of a suit of armor, I come to come back to a scene in one of uh, Peter Sellers movies where he's uh, trying to solve a murder mystery. And uh, he's, he's, his nervous energy, which is a defense, right? He's, he's, um, he's already in his mind identified who the, who the person who perpetrated the crime in the household is. And, and uh, he's, he's figuring this out in his mind, but then he's forgotten the fact that he's, he's, his hand is wriggled into this glove, this metal glove that's part of the suit of armor. That's it got a chain attached to it and like this cat of nine tails, you know, spike ball at the end of it. And, uh, and, and, he's, and he's, he's kind of thinking about stuff and, and he's, he's standing next to this piano and, uh, and, and he talks, he finally after the lady of the house that says some things, he says, and I, he, he blurts out, he says, and I believe that it's such and such, you know, that, that, uh, that did the crime. And he, and he, as he points the finger, he, 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 he the ball comes flying out and smashes this piano that's in front of him. And the lady says, but that's a priceless Steinway. And then and his inimitable voice is, not anymore. <laughs> I don't know, that scene stuck in my mind. So I, every time I think of a suit of armor, like, you know, because the rest of the suit of armor, I think, was in the room or something like that. Anyway, but, uh, but, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the burden we carry around with us all the time, you know, needing to just kind of slogging around in this, you know, big, heavy armament. And, uh, you know, but that's when you think, you think about how much effort and struggle and, and what a burden in our mind it is to defend all the different ways we defend ourselves, you know, including legal definitions and codes and, and are, are the gods that we make out of, you know, celebrities and sports figures and, and uh, uh, you know, the 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 the, the, grievance, the grievances we have against leaders and their ethics. I mean, I, there's so many ways that so many ways you could you could look at the way the ego defends itself, and I, I, I keep coming back to that wheel of misfortune and, and things like that that you know kind of give, give an example of how you know just about every category of our lives really is is filled with some kind of defense mechanism that keeps us mindless. That if we if we're not paying attention. Um, which is, you know, well, most of the most of the time, <laughs> and be gentle with ourselves when we recognize it. It's like, okay, I, I'm trying to defend against a, a dream that I make up, my, that I made up, and and I've forgotten that I made it up. But that's the heavy armor. Huh? I was I was thinking also about even even in terms of the religious lowercase g gods. I mean, yeah. my the first image I had was. And I don't even know if Pacific tribes do this, but throwing the virgin in the in the volcano to stop the volcano god from eating the whole island, because he's obviously ticked off about something. But but I mean that's that's what Christianity does, throw put Jesus on the cross to save the innocent, the death of the innocent saves all these other people who have sinned. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, really, it's it's the lowercase god in the third law of chaos. Right. It's the god we made up that agrees. That we did something terrible and that we need to be punished. Pagan sacrifice? Why? <laughs> well, in this case, Jesus sacrificed, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Mm. I tend to think of this when they mention the suit of armor, I think of the body instead yeah. of outside, instead of outside things. And and in the second paragraph, it's really talking about it's really talking to today, like what's going on. And not to politicize anything, but we only have one person that doesn't wear a mask. That's his suit of armor. If he were were to wear a mask, you would, the ego's at play right there. You know, I'm not judging. I'm just saying the body is everything to the ego. You can't cover it up. Or you have to be very humble and wear your mask. But when when I read it, I'm really reading the body being that suit of armor. Yeah, and that's that's really the outer shield. The inner shield is is the suit of guilt, that is really the one thing that the ego really doesn't want exposed. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, that line, go ahead. I didn't go there, but I'm just saying that it's you know the body. We all have one, and what we do with it or choose to do with it is really relevant today. Especially this really speaks to like the coronavirus and sheltering in place and the mask that we have to wear you know it's like 
that's really being threatened. I mean, the, the ego's being threatened right now. So it's just, it's just funny that it comes up and it speaks about laws and government and leaders. And, but yeah. anyway, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. And, and we could read this, you know, 10 years from now or 10 years ago, and it would have been perfectly appropriate. And, and <laughs> you know, any, anything that's true is you know, consistently true. And, and I keep thinking that, you know, we're just actually fortunate to um, be, uh, you, know, have, you know, in an era where we have an opportunity to look at the insanity that's now more self-evident than ever before in some ways, and, 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 that, and see that that's our own projection. Um, you know, that, that, of course, is the, the more challenging part of it is to, to, to recognize whenever I'm upset about any, anything that's going on, it's like, okay, that's my forgiveness classroom. And that's what I need to, to look at and see why I'm upset about it. And if we're not upset about it, then great. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about what Scott was saying, you know, in the, in the workbook, it says, what is the world? The world was made as an attack on God, yeah. the world, the world was made as a place where God could enter not, no. but it's true of the body. The body was made as an attack on God. The body was made as a place armature where God could enter not literally. Mm -hmm. And then we defend the hell out of it, <laughs> even in time and space with all of our lockdowns and masks. And certainly once again, it's really important if you're just coming across the course for the first time, Jesus is not telling you not to wear a mask. <laughs> He's not telling you not to do lockdown if that's what you feel drawn to do. Do what you do to, you know, take care of your body. Just back away from it now and then. And, and, and are you using it for the Holy purpose or the ego's purpose is ultimately what. I mean, I can wear a mask with the Holy Spirit, but I can also wear a mask with the ego and be terrified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone for paragraph three? Yeah. Um, defense is frightening. It stems from fear, increasing fear as each defense is made. You think it offers safety, yet it speaks of fear made real and terror justified. Is it not strange you do not pause to ask as you elaborate your plans and make your armor thicker and your locks more tight, what you defend and how and against what? Pretty good rhetorical question there. <laughs> what, what's, what's your take on that? There was a, a Star Trek episode, <clears throat> uh, Star Trek Next Generation episode a long time ago that I thought was very symbolic of, of um, defenses and, and what they do. <clears throat> and so they're traveling through space and they encounter this, this kind of this gentle kind of a resistance and they don't know what it is. So they, they uh, go ahead and they put up their shields and then they hit, they hit another one about you know 30 seconds later and it's much stronger. And so they, they, they double their shields and the next one they hit is severe. And so <clears throat> um, they, uh, they, for some reason they can't turn around, they have to keep going on the same heading. And <clears throat> uh, the next one is gonna destroy them if, if so they're, they're, they pump the entire um, power of the engines directly into the shields and <clears throat> uh, Data um, uh, is analyzing this whole thing. And he, <clears throat> at the last moment says, Captain, drop the shields. And <clears throat> Picard looks at him like he's a madman. And <clears throat> uh, Data says, sir, drop the shields. He says it one more time for emphasis. They drop the shields, and it's a very gentle thing once more. So it was their defenses that were actually amplifying the power, mm -hmm. the seeming power of the, um, uh, each encounter. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought that was just kind of a good uh, analogy of what we've been talking about. Very much so. Yeah, that's a great one. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, again, there's, it's, there's so many opportunities for level confusion here. Just like, like Tim was saying, is that doesn't mean you, know, you don't brush your teeth or wear masks or, or you know, social distance or, you know, all the, all the things that are just, you know, whatever our belief systems and common sense and, you know, logic and, and intuition 
you know, guide us to do. It's like, there's nothing wrong with that because you know, puppets are going to do what puppets do. <laughs> but but uh, if we can gradually shift our identity from, from the, the dream figures to the decision makers, then uh, it'll be more peaceful. Do you want to read the fourth, fourth one, Dave? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let us consider first what you defend. It must be something that is very weak and easily assaulted. <laughs> it, must be something, it, it must be something made easy prey, unable to protect itself, and needing your defense. What but the body has such frailty that constant care and watchful, watchful deep concern are needful to protect its little life? What but the body falters and must fail to serve the Son of God as a worthy host? I think he's got our number. Yeah, if you subtract the body from the equation, there's not, not a whole lot of defense needed. <laughs> Other than the ego's thought system, but 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 that's uh, when we look at that with the Holy Spirit, we see that's that's bogus too. Anyone yeah. for number five? Yeah, I'll do number five, Stephen. Thanks. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, yet it is not the body that can fear, nor be a thing of fear. It has no needs, but those which you assign to it. It needs no complicated structures of defense, no health-inducing medicine, no care, and no concern at all. Defend its life or give it gifts to make it beautiful or walls to make it safe. And you but say your home is open to the thief of time, corruptible and crumbling, so unsafe it must be guarded with your very life. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, um, a few years ago, we uh, in in the class that I go to most, uh, uh, we uh, they, we decided to uh, pick your favorite lesson. It was at the end of the year, and uh, I came up with twenty two of them. I just couldn't I couldn't do I couldn't do any less than that. And I, I finally called it down to this one uh, later uh, after I, I I decided this is the best lesson in the course. You know, I, and I put that in quotes. Because uh, any any given lesson on any day is the best lesson in the course, whichever one you turn to a lot of times. Uh, but I, I found out that this is the longest the longest lesson in in uh, in the course also. Um, but the reason I came out of this this has got everything. I mean, it, it's perfect instructions. Um, it's perfect guidance. It's it's got uh, it's got uh, everything you need uh, to know in order to uh, to live this course uh, on a day to day basis. Um, yeah. For me, this, the, you know, as, as a lot of things are in this course, uh, this is this is phenomenal. Is that you know, especially that second paragraph, and as you go along, it shifts to different uh, to different thought patterns uh, uh, in a way that, that I don't see uh, in, in in all of the lessons. Every one of them has has something for us that that we really uh, kind of need to, to do, but. Man, this is fantastic. When I saw it, it was coming up today, Bruce. Uh, I was so glad, uh, glad to see it, and uh, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you. Yeah, a lot, lot in it, huh? Anyone for the next Sorry? one? Th thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, good insights. Yeah. It, um, anyone for the next paragraph? Yeah, I'll read that. Okay. Is not this picture fearful? Can you be at peace with such a concept of your home? Yet what endowed the body with the right to serve you thus, except your own belief? It is your mind which gave the body all the functions that you see in it and set its value far beyond a little pile of dust and water. Who would make defense of something that he recognized as this? And when you think of the elaborate lengths we go through to, you know, for nutrition and exercise and uh, finances and our, our, you know, feathering the nests of our homes and our wardrobe and, and our transportation, I mean, you know, all those categories around that, that wheel, you know, it's like there's so many, you know, sub 
categories of things that we do in, in the course of a given day, uh, or let alone a year, you know, that, that are all focused on the body in one form or another, making a big deal about what happens or doesn't happen to it. And, and um, wow, <laughs> we got the binoculars turned backwards again. And, and you know, it's, it's so easy to, to forget that, that uh, you know, on a cosmic scale, even, on the, even within the dream, it's not even a blip on the radar, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking care of it. It's just the more we can try to remember to not make such a big deal out of it, especially as, as different or special or better or worse than any other little blip on the radar wannabes. <laughs> Yeah. Then, then, you can, then we can afford to, to be kind and, and, and generous because why not? <laughs> yeah. You know, it made me think of the fact that none of the defenses he's mentioning here or anything about the body could happen unless we totally believed in linear time. Yeah, yeah. This uh, legal sure. definitions, codes, ethics, leaders, gods, little pile of dust and water. Mm-hmm. It has to occur in the linear time, which we're told is not real. Yeah, yeah. Part of the illusion. So linear time is is feeding, I think, the illusion of these defenses as well. Mm-hmm. I like that thief of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what's that that Lynn calls the body the, the, the need machine? I think it came from Ken, but yeah. Oh, Ken. <laughs> the <Okay>. need machine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, well, the it. irony the irony is is you know, the mind's like the puppeteer. I mean if you knew if you went to a puppet show and you knew the puppeteer really believed he was all of all of his puppets and schizophrenically he was each of them, you'd think he was a little bit crazy. <laughs> Now, that, I, mean, <laughs> I, I like that additional metaphor there, Jen. Yeah. But he, he's each of the puppets, right? Yeah, so I mean, look at that. We got, what, 14 puppets on the screen? <laughs> so, I mean, if we, th- if we don't know where, where the mind and each, each of these puppets on the screen is one of our puppets, we actually believe we're one of them. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in trouble as the mind. <laughs> we're in trouble as the puppeteer here. <laughs> and, and we believe we got to defend that poor puppet puppet because that's what we believe we are i mean that's how crazy this gets <laughs> yeah as you're saying i'm thinking jesus is sort of gently asking you mean you want to limit yourself to this this need machine this this uh rotting prison this this bit of you know dust and water a little pile of dust and water and you want to limit it to just one of them and and and, and within a you know little finite temporal blip and the little finite spatial blip in a, in a dream world <laughs> You know, not not to not to demean you know the body, but to just recognize it's like okay, it's uh, we're we're better than that. <laughs> not in any kind of comparative or evaluative sense, but but you know, our real real being that's shared, infinitely shared, is you know you know knocks the little puppet of stuff out of the water. <laughs> I, I was relating um, what um, Abby was saying about time to the puppet show. I mean the puppeteer knows the whole show. Of course, the people in the audience watching it don't know. <laughs> but the puppeteer knows what each of the puppets going to do and, and react and bring out the victimization scene. And I mean, without, without a, a line in time, it would be kind of boring. <laughs> Nobody would go. <laughs> you just have frozen puppets on the screen. So uh, the idea of time in there. And yet the puppeteer, believing he's one of the puppets, throws out that he knows the storyline. You know, he's got to pretend. In order to be one of those puppets, he's got to pretend he doesn't know the storyline. And, and time is such a major factor in, in believing all I'm aware of is what's going on right now as a puppet in the dream. And what might happen to me as a poor puppet in the dream, that's what I'm concerned about. Don't bother me with what happens to all these other puppets. Just, just protect this one little little puppet yeah and you know well, maybe if i'm generous you know I'll, I'll extend it to my immediate family or 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 you know a few neighbors and friends and, and maybe some other folks in my my political party or 
you know, ethnic or religious or whatever group. Yeah. And, and the two storylines are always, there's either a victimization plot going on, which is always the ego, <laughs> or there's a holiness plot going on, which means it doesn't matter what happens, everybody's already holy. <laughs> yeah. Anyone for number seven? Who hasn't read yet? The body is in no need. The body is in need of no defense. This cannot be too often emphasized. It will be strong and healthy if the mind does not abuse it by assigning it to roles it cannot fill, to purposes beyond its scope and to exalted aims which it cannot accomplish. Such its goats, no, such attempts, ridiculous yet deeply cherished, are the sources for the many mad attacks you make upon it. For it seems to fail your hopes, your needs, your values, and your dreams. Any examples of that come to mind? <laughs> Well, everything. I mean, life is always about, you know, trying to make the body be so important and it never works. We just get old and die. So <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah. We might as well give it up. I, I'm thinking about that graphic behind me with the, the, the horse, after, the cowboy after OSHA. And it's like, it's, it's pretty ridiculous when we think about the, the links that we go to, to, to try to, you know, orchestrate and, and, and protect against all the things that could happen or we think they're likely to happen or, you know, or, you know, it just it goes on and on, doesn't it? How about number eight? Jim? You're still muted if you're, if you're, thank you. Okay. Um, the self that needs protection is not real. The body, valueless and hardly worth the least defense, need merely be perceived as quite apart from you, and it becomes a healthy, serviceable instrument through which the mind can operate till its usefulness is over. Who would want to keep it when its usefulness is done? Madam Tussauds, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a model. <laughs> I was kind of sad when I read that last line. It's like, well, who would want to, well, just, you know, just discard this, you know? Gosh. Got a lot of, a lot of miles, a lot of history, right? <laughs> is Walt Disney really on ice? Is that, is that one of those internet, you know, or whatever kind of suspended animation thing they put you in? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true, but Ted Williams is. <laughs> How about the next one? Any volunteers? Number nine. I'll read again. <clears throat> Defend the body, and you have attacked your mind, for you have seen it, seen in it, the faults, the weaknesses the limits and the lacks from which you think the body must be saved. You will not see the mind as separate from bodily conditions. You will, and you will impose upon the body all the pain that comes from the conception of the mind as limited and fragile and apart from other minds and separate from its source. It's interesting. All that's automatic once we have the, the wrong you know, once we begin to listen to the wrong teacher. Yeah. I always think it's funny when, uh, or ironic, when we talk, you know, even as course students, we talk about my mind. My mind, my mind, you know, it's not like my mind has Tim, it's Tim has a mind. <laughs> it's like the puppet has a puppeteer, but it's my puppeteer. It's my, you know, it's like, just to even say it, that way, it just shows this I'm putting on, on me having a mind instead of the vice versa. It's the mind has all these puppets on the screen here. <laughs> and there's only one mind pretending it's broke up and all these 
seeming shows <laughs> or all a show. <laughs> exactly. It's like like uh, Dorothy asking the scarecrow, what would you do with a mind if you had one? Or she would bring. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I was thinking about in modern physics, you know, the, the idea of mind was kind of like a taboo subject until they did the, the double slit experiment. And then they realized, wait a minute, mind can't be just sort of this afterthought that we kind of squeeze in, try to figure out how it you know, relates to some equation somewhere. It's actually primary because it determines the outcome of every experiment you do with that. <laughs> and it was repeated over and over and over the last. So it's like, well, I guess we can't ignore the mind anymore. We'll, we'll have to fit it in somewhere, you know? <laughs> You know, why, and does, why does the mind have the need to think it has to understand everything when it isn't capable of any understanding of any kind, the thinking mind? But yet, I, you know, that mind thinks it needs to understand and, and take everything apart and look at all the information and all the details. Why, can't we just stand up and say, you know what, you don't know, you never will, you don't, you never will quiet it down and ask the Holy Spirit, how do we go from here? That need to understand that mind, I just, I can hear it all the time. It thinks if it understands it, then by God, you know what, I can control it and I can do this and I can do this. Mm, no, I can't. Mm -hmm. 1,300 no, pages, 1,300 pages of Jesus telling us we don't understand. It says yeah. the same thing on every page. <laughs> And what is and at the end, what does he say? And forget even this. So I'm going through all of this and all of this, all of this. When really, if I could just stand up and say, you know what? I never will. I can't. I won't. And I'm going to let it go. Holy Spirit, you tell me. Yeah, that's and leave a, it at that. Yeah, thank you for that. Because you know that that really is a defense that the you know it's one of the biggest defenses the ego has is is thinking it knows something. You know, and, and we're all basically clueless as, as these little fragmented uh, puppet <laughs> figures. With this, like, the split mind has projected out into these little Hollywood square uh, figures on the screen here. <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, I think that would, what she just said, uh, that's in paragraph 11. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a perfect example for me anyway. Thank you. Yeah. You for the next one? The number 10? Yeah. These are the thoughts in need of healing, and the body will respond with health when they have been corrected and replaced with truth. This is the body's only real defense. Yet is this where you look for defense? You offer it protection of a kind from which it gains no benefit at all, but merely adds to your distress of mind. You do not heal, but merely take away the hope of healing, for you fail to see where hope must lie if it be meaningful. Mm -hmm. we, need, we need our inner toto to keep pulling back that curtain to see where the real hope is, and that's in the mind and not in uh, our projections from it. Ken Wabnick's statement, um, the body, you could say about the body, the body is a maladaptive solution to a non-existent problem. So it's a maladaptive solution, believing that we're bodies, because it never addresses what the real problem is, believing in the ego and believing in the separation in the mind, because we're so focused on the body. The body's just a huge distraction <laughs> scenario to keep me from realizing what the, what the real problem is, and it's a non-existent problem. I mean, separation was made up. So the body is a maladaptive solution to the non-existent problem of separation. So we never wake up. <laughs> I mean, that was the idea. I mean, we're, Ego's living on borrowed time. He actually used that phrase recently somewhere. I saw it. But, we're, you know, it's just it's, it, the atonement plan is we, we will and we already have woken up. We just haven't caught up with our woke yet. <laughs> Working on our woke. Tim, I heard a, a really good uh, quip on uh, uh, something Corinne uh, uh, Zupko said. She, she said that the ego was a weapon of mass distraction. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
as you're sharing that about the Ken's, Ken's brave and maladaptive solution and knowledge and problem, I was thinking that also very tersely encompasses the inner and outer shield of, of oblivion too. Yeah. Maladaptive solution is the outer shield and the, you know, the non-existent problem is the inner shield. And, and, and guilt, fear, and, and belief in separation, huh? <laughs> exactly. Doesn't it seem like this lesson and um, there's some other in my defense list, my safety just seem to be uh, saying you can't really be attacked. It's only by your own choosing that you can even be attacked. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. That's your choice. So that's when, you know, it's, that's when the ego's threatened. But that, all that attack, there is no attack, right? We, we make that up, and then we have to defend it. But that's somebody was speaking about the linear part of it, you know, then that's what it feels like to me when attack, defend, attack, defend. And the attack is our choice. We can choose to be attacked or we can choose to be innocent, you know, or free. Yeah. And when we're really honest, we beg to be attacked. <laughs> oh, please. Attack. Oh, I'll make something up if you're not going to attack me. <laughs> Yeah. Drawing lines in the sand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll read 11. Okay. A healed mind does not plan. It carries out the plans that it receives through listening to wisdom that is not its own. It waits until it has been taught what should be done and then proceeds to do it. It does not depend upon itself or any, anything except its advocacy to build the plans assigned to it. It is secure and certain that obstacles cannot impede its progress to accomplish to the accomplishment is this Pages sticking together. Man, <laughs> <broke> trouble <laughs> turning the God's turn page. <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign, Bruce. <laughs> of any goal that serves the greater plan established for the good of everyone. Yeah. Uh, if I only had the patience to do that. <laughs> it's it's uh, reminds me of. Uh, uh, the Holy, uh, prayer for the Holy Spirit uh, is to her, uh, I can, uh, whatever I say or do, you know, he will, he will I don't have to worry because he will guide me. And I, I believe uh, that uh, that's all part of the Holy Spirit's um, uh, correction for our right. time. When we start to tone, we start to let 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 our our feelings of our bodies and or our needs uh, go to a place where um, our needs are really fulfilled. Rather than feeling lack, we start to feel feel fulfillment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That way, there's no need for any plan because. You're fulfilled already, so you don't have to go back. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that fulfillment ties into what Scott was saying that, that you know what, what we really are. That's all inclusive. Is already at peace. Doesn't have to sweat any programs that the ego made up. <laughs> yeah, and, and can afford to actually be joyous when when we allow ourselves that that release from the ego's tyrannical, you know defense attack uh guilt cycle um it's kind of like wait a minute i'm kind of reminded of those like those cartoons where you see the animals fighting in a circle and it just becomes this blur and then once in a while one of them just you know takes a little break and pauses and 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 uh, <laughs> i'm just remembering a cartoon like that and then and then then they then of course they, they get stuck back into it you know but but at least for a moment or two that they, they, they notice that there's just this, this whirlwind going around and and they don't have to, you know, participate if they didn't want to. <laughs> I think that's kind of like the ego's tornado, but uh, you know, 
in, in the course the, the course use the you know, the quiet center is the place that you know, center of the cyclone so to speak yeah you start to represent the one who sent you you know yeah and uh, let it be exactly anyone for number 12 who hasn't read it and would like to read would like to read again <laughs> I'll do, I'll do it. Okay. a healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan although it cannot know the outcome which is best. The means by which it is achieved, nor how to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. It must misuse the body and its plans until it recognizes this is so. But when it has accepted this is true, then it is healed and lets the body go. It really speaks to the body being a temporary learning device. It, that's the essence of, the of that paragraph to me. And that whole thing, I need do nothing. We reach that state of peace where you really don't. You know, it, it's all with, like, even here, I think I'm learning when in fact, all I'm really doing is when I do nothing, I'm just remembering. I'm just listening to what you are telling me in essence and the Holy Spirit will inform me of what I need to know. I don't need to learn this. In fact, I'm right here right now learning everything from you. I don't even have to, I don't have to talk. I don't have to read. It's all right here if I'm in peace where I, I don't have to do anything. You're a gift. <laughs> there you are. We're all a gift to each other in truth, right? And, and yet yeah. it's, it's really the gift to recognize that we are each other. Like Tim was comment, I, I really like it. What you added to that uh, puppeteers? Like, the puppeteer, puppeteerist believes that actually to fragment out into these all these seemingly separate selves, you know, and uh, what a bizarre dream that is. <laughs> and we've all identified with one little one little fragment of it. That's pretty amazing that, that we, we could even conceive of that. <laughs> and yet, and yet that's that's what we consider normal. That's that's our our everyday quote unquote reality. Heavy air quotes. And, you know, part of the simplicity of this is there's only two goals. The ego's goal, though we never admit it out loud to ourselves because it's so stupid, is we, have, we go through our day looking for the bad guys. If I'm doing anything with the ego, I'm looking for a bad guy, even though it looks like I went to work or it looks like I'm driving in traffic or it looks like I'm playing golf or whatever it is I'm doing. If I'm doing it with the ego, I'm looking for a bad guy. That's what the ego does <laughs> in every situation. There's, there's somebody to gossip about. There's somebody to, to point the finger at. I mean, but, and if I'm doing, if I'm playing golf with the, with the Holy Spirit, then I'm looking for holiness. So the golf clubs are holy. The guys playing golf are holy. <laughs> the birds and the trees are holy. It's like, I'm looking for holiness everywhere. There's only two goals. It's either who's the bad guy or who's the holy guy. <laughs> and if it's the holy guy, everybody's holy. So I don't have to look far. <laughs> Exactly. And, and when we're not at peace, you know, we might ask ourselves rhetorically, let's see, how soon after I woke up today did I unleash the hungry dogs of fear to go out and, you know, bring the, pr the prey of the bad guy back to me, you know, feed. Feed me. <laughs> feed me. <laughs> feed me. Exactly. I, um, I think the moment I ask the question, I'm sunk right there. The moment I ask any question, I'm sunk right there unless I make a decision at that point say Holy Spirit show me mm -hmm. because I know that the second I ask myself the question I go immediately to my mind and to me the mind is the ego 100% so when I ask the question I need to be aware say oops 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 which teacher am I asking this question of immediately you know, that's, that's how I'm guiding. I'm kind of looking at it that way. The question is the ego. And so it's like, unless I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help me see this. Help me see this. Um, I'm there. I'm in, I'm in the ego. I am the ego at that point. Well, I am anyway, but for sure then. That's my thought anyway. Yeah, there's, there's, there's always a feeling of discomfort when... when letting the ego guide the questioning. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Colleen. I was thinking from an ego point of view, the question we have for the Holy Spirit most, as a course student even, is what's the plan? <laughs> what's the plan, Holy Spirit? What am I supposed to be doing here? <laughs> what's the plan? <laughs> Give me something. <laughs> We want the big picture and technical, you know, sky opening revelation, you know, sun burst through the clouds, kind of, kind of you know, technical or, uh, you know, instead of realizing, well, maybe we only are not, you know, we're not likely to get the big picture here for, <laughs> in, the, in the context that we keep asking it, right? Yeah. You know, for, for me, well, I, I asked to be taught and then I don't, do not interfere. The thing is, um, I asked to be taught, and then I'm back in ego before I get to, to do not interfere. But if I can stay with it and, and not interfere, step back and look and not judge myself each of the 18 times in the next 15 minutes the ego is going to come in, then, then I, I got a shot, you know. So I really like what Colleen had to say, and I really like uh, everything I'm hearing tonight because that's, it, it, it's going to keep coming back. It, over and over and over and when it does if I don't judge myself and I just keep looking with Jesus and you know uh, Wabnik has all kinds of different ways that we can do this and he simplifies it much better than I can but it, if I don't interfere that's in here over and over and over just like uh, most everything else if I don't interfere and I ask to be taught you know and I say simple things like who walks with me and really know that who walks with me is there walking with me then uh, then I do a lot better thank you yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, because, you know, we, we just remember to, that, you know, we don't <laughs> have the big picture. And, you know, just, just noticing, I, mean, I was thinking about, you know, the current last couple of months with all the uncertainty and, the, the, you know, the, the big questions that everyone's got, whether they're consciously, you know, thinking about all day long or not, um, that, you know, that uncertainty and the defenses that we, you know, the knee-jerk ego defenses that, you know, we be marshaled to try to, to, you know, compensate for that seemingly greater uncertainty. It's probably been the same uncertainty all along. It's just that now, now it's sort of more in our face with, with the, you know, the current world events. But the, the real uncertainty is, is, you know, what teacher am I going to choose? <laughs> That's really the only, I mean, the ego asks all these questions about on the, on the, the horizontal plane, like which, which illusion is going to be a better illusion for me to, to make my plans, my defenses work, you know? And the Holy Spirit says, uh, try the vertical axis, you know, let's, let's get above the battleground here. And yeah, and also, can't grin, grin at the, the chessboard and, and see that, you know, that you, you were not going to win the ego's chess game, you know, um, but, but you can gently smile at it and, and look at the, all the chess pieces and say, wow, this was a big setup, you know, in, in order to, to create warfare, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, polarizing no-win scenario. But uh, you know, the Holy Spirit has a has a vision that that will you know, slowly but surely, if we if we like you were saying, Stephen, is uh, just kind of notice how how much we want to try to control and defend and and you know use all those those thoughts that come in to try to manipulate the world and and make it work the way we want to. And the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you do do what you think you need to do, but just just watch it with me, and and try not to condemn yourself or condemn anyone else and and notice that there's a peace beyond all the do all the busy doings <laughs> and the defenses and the plans and and uh, attacks and yeah going back to what uh, uh, david said about uh, star tracking it's like our our projections in the world we we keep we keep defending you know and keep it to defending and we create and we we start creating more problems, more problems. And yeah. the Holy Spirit says, you know, drop the defense. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And if we could only, you know, drop the defense and, and find where our existence really lies, it'll, it, it may disappear, you know. Defenses do what they defend. And when we notice that we're, we're resistant, it's like, okay, there's this go. And you know, there's this, there's this like a mental constriction that, that seems to happen. And <laughs> yeah. when we're not at peace, it's like, wait a minute, I could just, I just let go of trying to, you know, 
wrestle my ego into some kind of a achievement strategy that of something that's never going to work, you know, based on a faulty premise to begin with. And um, anyway, well, how about since, since, since I run out of time, how about if I read that uh, paragraph 18 again as a closing? So anyone's got any comments? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about what Stephen was saying. Um, you know, we ask the Holy Spirit for help. And then we kind of get it into like a dialogue with them about, and, and my interferences, I was thinking about the interferences. Oh yeah, but, yeah, but what about this? I mean, your, your guiltlessness doesn't cover this, does it? <laughs> yeah, but what about this? Look what they did. You know, it's like this whole series of yeah, but, like, yeah, but I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, and that, so the interferences are me coming up with like Colleen, they sound like questions. Yeah, but what about this? No, but what I'm saying is, yeah, this is important and you're not dealing with it, Holy Spirit. How do I deal with this? <laughs> I had, a, I had a, We had a friend in a David Delaplane's group named their dog, yeah, but. Here, yeah, but. <laughs> Wait, well, that was pretty insightful. Poor dog. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, that kind of speaks to, you know, the fact that, you know, the ego is always looking for a way to get back in the fight, you know, wants to get back in that whirlwind of, of fur that's being chased around the tree. <laughs> because it's not, the, the ego doesn't understand peace. And so it, it, you know, it's like, why would I want to go there? <laughs> it's funny, it seems like when, whenever, well, the, the, the few times that I've, I've really put my ego totally out of the picture and, and trusted um, that what spirit was telling me was the, what should happen. I'll be darned, you know, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I felt at peace and it was easy. And, you know, but, um, uh, you know, it seems like that education process, it takes a long time for us to really uh, let go and, and say, you know, kind of thy will be done kind of a thing. So. The, world, the world didn't implode after all, huh? Uh, no. no, no. It, the spirit had all the bases covered, you know? Okay, well, I'm going I'm to read that paragraph 18 again, because I, I, it's one of my favorites. Isn't it? What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? Perhaps you have misunderstood his plan, for he would never offer pain to you. But your defenses did not let you see his loving blessing shine in every step you ever took. While you made plans for death, he led you gently to eternal life. I have to tell you this. I mean, do you guys do flip opens? Like you have a question and you ask the Holy Spirit and do a flip open. Mm -hmm. So a couple nights ago, I was going, what is with the coronavirus thing? You know, it's like, there's a lot of sadness, it appears to be a lot of sadness. So then I do the, the flip open. And it was, I think it's chapter nine. It's the um, attraction to death. And it says, you will come to understand that Death is not a punishment, but a reward. And I was like going, whoa, that's a good flip open. I mean, it went right to it. Because isn't that the whole fear? I mean, that you're going to die from this thing? And well, I mean, that really, was... Yeah, and, and isn't it really the, the, the death or the, really the recognition that uh, the ego never was? It merely ceases to seem to be, you know? I really like that phrase a lot because I think that's that's the, the gentleness and the grace by which the ego's um, insanity is undone when when we recognize with Holy Spirit's help that that you know we've always been this infinite uh, infinitely innocent infinitely inclusive infinitely peaceful being dreaming of all these little <laughs> crazy separate self scenarios and puppet show. Uh, you know shenanigans, and and yet that that peace is it keeps beckoning us back to 
to um, return to that awareness. Sure. Gently to eternal life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you all. Um, thank you. That's great. Thank you, Bruce. Great comments. Yeah, great week, you know. Thank you, Bruce. That was a nice closing, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Bruce, do you do this every day? Uh, the, the, the School for Personal Miracles has, has a class every day, so yeah. Wow. The next one is tomorrow at 10. Yeah. What? Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, the next one. Oh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, and it's same link all the time. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah I would have done Yeah, I would have done it at the same time. All right, thanks. That's great. Yeah, every day, great. every day it's different. That's why, I, you know, we, we check, I check the calendar every day because it's different every day. It, it's posted on the School for Course in Miracles website. And then I also try to send out an email every day of what time it's going to happen. Well, so, I'm in, uh, in San Rosa, California. So do you get a lot of outsiders in your group with, with the <laughs> news stuff? Uh, well, everybody you see on the screen's an outsider. Except <laughs> me. I've been here all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> For centuries. But Steve, Steven's in San Antonio, and Piggy Lee's up in Canada. So you mean that kind of outsider? <laughs> me, yeah. I, I'm in Oregon. <laughs> out right, right, all it's outsiders on a level of form and all insiders. Anyway. All right. Nice to meet you all. Yeah. yeah. Nice to meet you too. Please come yeah. back. Yeah.